0: We've been in an overflow series, uh, looking at the teachings of Jesus, following him as he re- resolutely sets his face towards Jerusalem. Uh, but as, uh, as I get started today, I'm going to need some help. Um, do we have any 18-year-olds? Is anybody 18? Christian, are you 18? He's, he's 19 now. Josh, how old are you? 17, uh, we got a whole row of 18 year olds, I didn't say who acts like an 18 year old, <laughs> I say that was so, much. all right, Yeshua, come up here, Madeline would be mortified to come up here, I would never do that to her, all right, so guys, this is Josh, holy cow, kid, you were tall. Man, Um, and very good looking, right? Thank you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Josh, uh, basketball player, pretty limber. Uh, Can you touch your toes? (laughs) This is why I didn't want to pick you. All right, so you remember the old calisthenic of keep your back straight, leg straight, and bend down and touch your toes. Do it. Do it. All right, perfect. Alright. That was almost perfect. Do it again. Now stay. No. Just stay. I don't want to. You're doing good. Alright, Luke chapter 13. <laughs> Starting in No, no, no. You're doing good. You're doing good. Can we encourage him? He can do this, right? Alright. Stay. I'm 17. You can do it. Come on. As best you can, hold that pose. All right, if you don't, didn't bring your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. This will become very apparent here momentarily. Luke chapter 13. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for how long? 18 years. And was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in, what's the word? Bondage. Bondage Bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced. At the wonderful things he did. Um, Jesus does an interesting thing in this passage. He addresses the issue of bondage. You're doing awesome. Is he doing good? Do any of you feel sorry for him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> let's talk about bondage. Jesus does a, a, a really interesting thing in this passage. Uh, he talks about, uh, he, he tells the, the leader of the synagogue When he gets indignant, he tells the leader of the synagogue, he says, even you will release your livestock on the Sabbath. And, you know, so there are all of these rules in the Jewish code in the Torah about about a, a Sabbath day. It was a day of rest. It was not a day of work. And But one of those rules was you could definitely take care of your livestock. In, in fact, uh, the rabbis were, were, would have been uh, appalled at anyone like herding animals or, or doing any kind of animal cruelty. And Jesus says, in your own law, you can release. He uses that word release or unbound unleash your livestock to take them to water on the Sabbath. And he says, you will unleash, you're turning red, it's okay, Um, (laughs) you will unleash your livestock on the Sabbath, but you won't, and he uses the exact same word, you won't unleash this woman. It's this idea of 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 bondage of keeping people in bondage. And when Jesus sees this woman in pain I love that I love that he does this but he doesn't hesitate. Right? He could have waited one more day. I mean, it had been 18 years what was one more day. But when Jesus saw her in pain, the word literally is he unleashed her. And he, yeah, there we go. Let's give him a round of applause. (laughs) There are any chiropractors in the audience. Um, Literally in the Greek, he made her straight. She had been bent double for 18 years, and he made her straight. So thank you, Josh. You can take a seat. Thanks for being my guinea pig. I know. I tried to uh, cover you up. You're okay. Um, let's talk about bondage. I was thinking about it this week, and uh, there's a couple of different ways that that we as humans are bound sometimes we're bound by the actions of others and Jesus makes that point in this story and this example right because it was kind of this this system of religion this system of religious laws that that he he kind of seemed to say that uh even when the the head of the synagogue said if you want to be healed come on some other day and there's this warning to us like in churches and and people who work in religious fashion um uh, about, about um, a, a warning about loving systems over people. Are you with me? I meet people all the time who, when I say the word church, instantly cringe. Have some of you been there? I, 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 I hate it, and, and it should be more appalling to us than it is, but there has been a lot of damage done to people in the name church. You know some of those people. I know people that even the thought of crossing the threshold of our doors would send them into a panic. Because of some experience of church. And and Jesus seems to be getting after the head of the synagogue for that same idea. And we must be, be careful how our actions affect others Uh, in the world of the church we are constantly in peril of loving systems more than we love god and more than we love others have you seen that happen a church that that chooses its own rules or its bylaws over people you know in this example like he, he talks about the value of animals and the synagogue leader talks about the value of rules And Jesus says, well, what about the value of people? So one of the ways we're put in bondage is bondage by others, sometimes by systems, sometimes by our own family. Sometimes we're put in bondage by the actions of others. Just this week, I had a friend. um, She had to go and testify in court against her father who molested her when she was a child. He received life in prison. Do you think she carries with her some chains still? Not because of actions of her own, but because of the actions of others. Some of you have family members who are addicts, maybe even your own parents. And because of their actions, your life is not made straight but is bent, right? You've been hobbled, you've been leashed by the actions of others. But more than the actions of others, mostly what I see are people who have uh, I see us, I see us binding ourselves. Uh, most of the people I know who are bound have, have, a, have kind of chosen captivity. We are, we are birds that flew into a cage and shut the door behind us. We are bound by all kinds of things. Um, uh, some of us, uh, maybe the majority of us, are, are bound by this thing called caffeine, We are bound by nicotine. Some of you are bound by hurtful thoughts. Somewhere along the way, you have uh, got into this thing of thinking less of yourself, and it binds you. Some are bound by grief or greed or guilt. Some are bound by fear and worry. see that a lot in our world today. Do you see this? Do you know people who are bound by worry? Some are bound by shame or pain. Maybe you're bound by anger or resentment. Um, maybe you're bound by, you know, I talked about addictions. Maybe you're bound by alcohol. I see that happening all the time of... Um, uh, every, I, I don't know that there's a week that goes by that I don't talk to somebody or have a conversation with somebody who knows someone who is um, an alcoholic. And they always go through these same phases of, uh, of saying, you know, I don't have a problem, I don't have a problem, I don't have a problem, until the sheriff shows up to evict them. bondage. Do you know people who are in bondage? We hide it really well. Uh, Most of the people in bondage learn to cope with living this kind of way and can even have some sort of productive life. Uh, Most of the bondage that we find ourselves in uh, begins by like a single vine uh, crawling up a tree. Right, A single vine that goes up a tree doesn't bother us, doesn't worry us, but what happens to that tree over time? Have you seen these trees that are completely consumed? That's how it kind of works in our world. You can die that way, but you can't live in bondage. So I want to talk just briefly about how... We can be made straight again. Don't you love that story? 18 years she walked in, Scripture says, in bondage to Satan. And Jesus straightened her up. He unbound her. He unleashed her. So how can we remove the weight? How can we be unleashed? Some of you are in bondage just to your schedule. Um, to the amount of things on your schedule, to the time. And uh, some of you, to be unbound, just simply need to take a vacation. Uh, this week I suggested that to somebody who I know and love and they're crazy over work. I said, man, you need to take a vacation. And they said, what's that? And as soon as he said that, I knew there was warning flags. Because what I saw is, oh, man, this train is going to come off the tracks, Right? It's just a matter of time. As I was studying this, like in Italy, do you know they have like between 8 and 12 weeks a year of paid vacation? Who's moving? Like, I'm moving. And, they, and for them, the idea of like a two-week vacation is crazy. It's ludicrous. Like, why would you ever do that? For them, it's this whole bondage to stress and to work that's, that's unhealthy. Maybe uh, to uh, unleash to remove the weight, to be unbound, you need to just do things with your hands. Uh, do you, Are some of you out there people who like to do things with your hands? Maybe it's maybe it's working out or creating something or writing music or poetry or or painting or building a shed. Uh, maybe to be unbound, you just need to listen to the birds. I know that sounds weird advice, uh, but there's something powerful about the, a bird's song, don't you think? Like, Doesn't it have this kind of effect of, uh, uh, let me ask you this, like when was the last time you listened to the birds? If you can't name a time, then you know it's been far too long because there's something, uh, maybe this is cheesy, but this is just Adam's thought. Like uh, there is something about a bird song that somehow untwists us. There is something about uh, being in nature that, that unbounds us, that the tightness that's in us, that, that cranks us over and holds us down, can be released. Uh, frankly, I think you just need to laugh more. Amen? Amen. Uh, I would tell you to uh, seek out my son Cannon this morning and ask him to do his Donald Duck impersonation. Uh, It comes out like, did you hear Donald? Say, yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe we should, to unbound, take ourselves a little bit less seriously and smile more, right? You're really going to like this one. To be unbound, and I'll limit this to those of you who are married, you just need to have more sex. I've been giving you homework every week, right? Um, So I gave you homework to uh, have somebody in your home and uh, to uh, sell something you own. So your homework this week, if you're married, is to have more sex. Because the truth yeah, end of sermon. This is the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. Um, But you guys know it's true, Right? Because sex isn't about sex, sex is about intimacy. And the sad thing in our world is like we, we deeply crave inti- intimacy. There's, a, there's not a one of us that, that doesn't. But, but frankly, in terms of your relationships, your experience of intimacy, you've probably been more intimate with your cell phone this week than you have with another person. True? Uh, I give this warning to you who are, are parents of, of teenagers. What if your teenager's craving for screens and electronics is really a craving for intimacy? What if? How do we unbind? ourselves. Part of it is that our human actions, our human interactions count, our relationships count, and we need to find healthy ways to engage with humanity, to engage with each other again. I love that we're doing discipleship groups. Like we think this is so important. We want every one of you to to be able to plug into a discipleship group because I think this is part of us growing as followers of Jesus Christ, to bring our lives into alignment with Christ, but it's how we do that together. It's so incredibly important. Um, I know these are awesome biblical ways to uh, to be unbound, um, but I definitely want to encourage you to pursue the spiritual disciplines. Most of us, when we get tired or stressed or worried or fearful, we run to the wrong kind of things to unbind ourselves when the truth is we should, uh, we, too many of us run, we, we need to run towards God, not away from God. In God is found rest, believe it or not, like God possesses rest, he owns rest, he owns what you need, and he wants to give it to you. But most of us, when we get bound up, we run to the wrong kind of things. So we need to pursue the spiritual disciplines. of. Uh, it's a discipline of solitude. When was the last time you spent time alone with God? A discipline of service. When was the last time you served someone else's needs on purpose, made time for someone else? There is an unbinding effect for them and for you too when you do that. Time in Scripture, time in prayer. Maybe even, when was the last time you, you embraced the disciplines of, of fasting? Like These things are meant to unbind our spirit. Scripture says because the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. So we must become a spirit-disciplined people again. We must pursue the spirit of God because God's spirit is Gives us freedom. I want to invite the worship team back up. And um, part of uh, the way I'm going to unbind you this week is to preach really short. It works. It works. A couple more thoughts. Do you remember what? Yeah, just kidding. Uh, Jesus literally made her straight again. Eighteen years. Josh was suffering in about eight minutes. Eighteen years says so she was in bondage by Satan. And Jesus made her straight again. He offers that same gift to you. I don't know if we recognize the healing power of Jesus in our world today, but that's what he offers. If it's it's addiction or alcoholism or worry or, or maybe you've been carrying around the chains that someone else, some other experience has given you today, this morning, believe it or not, even in this place, Jesus offers you the same gift he offered that woman a gift of freedom, a gift to make you straight again. He said, in his own words, he said, I have come to set the captives free. In Galatians chapter one, chapter one, 5, verse 1, it says, For freedom you have been set free. Now make sure that you stay free. Stay free from the law. Stay free from the chains of religion. Stay free from the things of this world that seek like a single vine crawling up a tree to Bind you, because if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. So Jesus is here today through His Word, through the power of His Spirit to make you straight again. But there's another part of this, and it is, it is not God's will that human should suffer one moment longer than is absolutely necessary. Do you believe that? I love this scene because Jesus immediately moves to act. He sees a woman bound by eighteen years, and he didn't say, "Well, tomorrow will be fine. That's just one more day. What's the big deal?" But he immediately moves to act, like he could not wait because he had such great empathy for her, for her pain. He saw the chains bending her over. He saw the weight of her sin folding her over. He saw what Satan was doing to her, folding her over, and he could not contain himself. Do you see that? Have we become numb to the bondage of those around us? It's so easy for me to go, well, you know, these were your choices, and this was a bad decision, and you chose these chains. We, we've come too complacent in, in letting people kind of try to live and survive in bondage as, as kind of, oh, like, it's just the way it is. When we are called as men and women of God to release them, amen, I guarantee you, every single one of you know someone right now walking like this. They've been that way a long time, probably. And if Christ, if the Son has set you free, if you know what it's like to be straight again, then I beg you and implore you to move on their behalf. How are you Unbinding those around you. Suffering must not be allowed to continue. No helpful deed that we can do today should be postponed until tomorrow. Use your freedom in Christ. Those of you who have been unbound have now a duty, a responsibility to release, unleash, unchain, unbound those around you. And Jesus goes on to say, if you've been following the reading guide, there's much more to chapter 13. Jesus goes on to say, this simple act of unbinding is, is like a kingdom mustard seed. He says this single idea that, that we are here to minister to those around us, to literally just help people around us. Like what's it mean to be a Christian? To love God and love others. It, it means to love God by helping others. This simple thing is like a mustard seed. A tiny little thing, a tiny little speck of a thing. Hardly nothing, but it grows into this like tenacious weed that takes over everything. Jesus says this simple act of unbinding others has a kingdom power. It has the kingdom power to affect everything and everyone around you. Amen? He says it's like a little bit of yeast in the dough. This little, small act makes all the difference. So I don't know uh, where you're at today. Maybe you, uh, uh, you recognize some back pain. <laughs> Maybe you've been carrying something around. Maybe something somebody else gave you or chains that you chose for yourself. But this morning... Jesus can release you. He offers you freedom. He offers to make you straight. He offers you hope and healing. And as we enter into a time of communion with stations around the room, I invite you to accept it. And maybe you don't know, maybe you've been, uh, uh, what's crazy to me is that for this woman 18 years, this was her whole way of life. This was her whole existence. She didn't know there was another way. And Jesus saw that and had to move and had to act. And so maybe this morning on your heart is being placed a name or a face of someone you know in bondage. And just during our communion time, the first and best thing you can do for them is pray this morning that their chains would be released. Pray for an opportunity for you to move and to speak the words of life and healing and hope through Jesus Christ into their life. So I'm going to pray and then uh, I'll dismiss you to a time of communion and if God's put it on your heart to respond, maybe you've been carrying a weight. (laughs) Maybe you've forgotten what it's like to stand up straight. Then I'd love the chance to pray with you and talk with you. If we're here for one fundamental kind of idea, like isn't this it? For freedom. Christ has set you free. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for your word and and I love this story. Help us to realize that the gift you offered this woman so long ago is the exact same thing you offer us. And God, I see people like just consumed, like their their whole lives is bent over, looking at the ground, thinking about every other thing. They they've been slowly, like life has been snuffed out of them. They've been choked. And Father God, I pray that you would move this morning to remove the chains, to unbound, unleash, that not a single person would leave this room today still bent over, but that we would all experience the freedom and life that you offer. And Father God, I pray that we would take that freedom like bolt cutters out into the world to release others. God, I, I love in this story that Jesus just couldn't wait. He saw the pain of others, and, and he was just moved to act. Like, I can't wait. I just can't deal with her in pain any longer. I, I don't want that for her. And so, Father God, that, that same empathy, that same heart for others who are broken and hurting, Father God, I pray that that heart would, would that the beat of that heart would somehow start in us, come alive in us. For freedom, God, we have been set free. Not a freedom, not to just exist in our own freedom, but to free others. Father God, we love you. We know that none of this is possible without your Son Jesus, through His death, His burial, and resurrection. And God, as we enter in this time of communion, we enter you. Some of us are going to go to this table <laughs> bent over, walked and hobbling, and be able to walk away straight again. Father God, I pray that this work would continue, this great work that you've given us, that we would see that our role in it is just like a small, tiny piece of yeast, a tiny piece of mustard seed, but it has a kingdom effect in this place. We love you, Father, and in your son Jesus' name, everyone together says. I invite you to stand and enjoy a time of communion together.